Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 10 of the Critical Strike Podcast. We made it to the big 1-0 against all odds, all the adversity <laughs> stacked against us, uh, which adds up to about zero. We have had no adversity. We've had nothing but love and support from everyone at DOT, from my two co-hosts here, Enrique DeMore here with Meg Kay and Tyler Escara, all our guests. Uh, everyone has been nothing but wonderful to us, so really no adversity to be faced. But nonetheless, we are happy to be here, episode 10, after what was probably the most fun week of results in the LCS and LEC. Um, yeah, like I said, kind of results-wise. Uh, so we're going to break it all down. We're going to start with the LCS, though. But before we do that, I want to go around and see... Uh, Tyler, how, how are you after you you disowned a team only for them to go 3-0 and this week? How are you feeling, bud? Hey, 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 hey. Look, I am pleasantly surprised because... I mean, TSM has always been that kind of team where it's like, as soon as you, like, as soon as you, like, get rid of them in your head, you're like, you know what, that's it, you know, I'm done supporting this team, suddenly they beat TL, so it's like, I don't know, I don't know yet, I'm gonna hold my breath for this coming week to see if they can continue their play, or maybe it was a fluke, I don't know yet, because I don't have full trust in this, these guys yet, but hey, it made for an interesting weekend of games, for sure. That it did. Uh, Meg, how are you after uh, a weekend that was, as a Fnatic fangirl, what, what a tumultuous weekend. We're going to get into that on the other side of the break, but tweet, uh, one tweet-length thoughts about the weekend. Um, many thoughts, many thoughts, head very full. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a dramatic weekend in the LEC for numerous reasons, reasons, reasons a lot of which were tech-related, but it's been pretty good. We got some good games this weekend. Wonderful. We're going to get into all of them. Let's start with the headline. TSM have won four straight games. Tyler, how much do you think they're going to 3-0 Cloud9 in the Spring Finals? Or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, TSM's going to win Worlds and shit. No, I, I think right now it's good to see TSM kind of... It's weird because they have... They kind of switched up their playstyle a pretty good amount in terms of, like, now Huni's playing. Just give Huni a tank. Uh... We were talking about this before, but it's like, Cooney can't be coin flip if you don't give him a coin to flip. Mm. And so giving him something that can't really coin flip and you can just kind of survive in lane and then later affect the game. What Meanwhile, you know, Spica can play through the bot side, play with uh, with Sword Art and really, you know, snowball the map that way. I think that they were, they were really, really decisive with this new playstyle that they have. And it's really nice to see them kind of building an, an identity because I feel like they've been missing an identity for the past couple of years now where it's just they default to passive gameplay of just letting the team the enemy team kind of make a mistake and then they capitalize on that so I like to see them getting a lot more proactive with their play and experimenting I mean this is the time to, to, to try new things you got a whole new roster and it's really nice to see the, the big question is whether or not they're able to continue this into the next couple of weeks I think that their consistency is going to be the biggest thing now, but it's really good to see them trying out new things and being willing to 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 put players into roles that maybe they haven't been on in a while. Yeah, I think that my biggest takeaway from this weekend was kind of like you were alluding to their flexibility because you look at like you said that even that uh, the Immortals game, which you know, yes, it's Immortals, but you can only beat who's in front of you. And look, Immortals have been far from a guaranteed win for anyone this year. They have been. Uh, very up and down. They beat, you know, they beat EG, but then, you know, lose to Dignitas. We'll talk about Dignitas in a sec, because I think they're very, very exciting. Uh, but, like you said, you can put Huni on a couple of different things here. And even in that Golden Guardians win where he was on Gragas, 0-4 and 10, not a fantastic performance. Niles tossed him around a little bit. But on the Shen game, for instance, right? Like, Shen 
you know, he got a good matchup into the Camille, but I feel like the drafts overall have gotten better. And like you said, Spika and Huni have been just, you know, like with Huni, you can kind of go as that, uh, or with, with Shen, rather, you can be a global presence and a playmaker all across mm-hmm. the map, but they're playing around that bot lane. Lost has seen his numbers go through the freaking roof. POE, safe and consistent as ever. Um, it seems like they, yeah, they've just shown a little more flexibility. Yeah, it's 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 actually now that you mentioned the the draft, especially in the TL game, was like that was like a win win at draft type of thing. I think Bjergsen's hopefully this is a sign that his drafting has gotten a lot, like well, not a lot, but it's getting better. I think that um, you know that's been a big contention point for TSM is the drafts. I think that they've lost a few games at, at draft, and you know it's not a secret that. This is Bjergsen's first time coaching, so he's going to have some struggles. But I think that this past weekend was a good showing for him as well as the team. Um, so if he's able to, you know, help set up the team for success and help transition this team into a new play style that they can get comfortable with, I think it's going to be really, really good. Okay. Now they've... Oh, go ahead, Meg. So, I I watch a little bit of LCS. It's on at a really, really bad time for me. It finishes about um, 2, 3 a.m. for me, so I don't often catch the later games. So I've not seen an insane amount of TSM. In I watched some of their stuff in the lock-in tournament, but I haven't seen much of them in spring. From what I understand and what I've seen and what I'm looking at when I look back through their match history, is essentially the TSM route to success have Huni just not be Huni. Yeah, I I think so. I was actually watching uh, the double lift. When 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 Doublelift and Treats were co-streaming, and they're like, "Why get Huni if you're not gonna like? You're basically saying you you don't trust him yeah, to that's play what I League of Legends, right?" Kind of thought. I don't know. It seems really weird because the whole point is that you've gone for this hyper aggressive, mm. incredibly lane dominant top laner, and then they're like, "Yes, you're on. You you are playing Lulu and Shen. I mean, like Shen can one shot mm. you in lane because he's Shen, but like." I don't know. It just it's it seems I'm glad that it's working for them. Yeah. But it just seems strange to get Huni and then have him on weak side duty. Like that makes no I mean, sense to me. Like you said though, if it works it works. I think that TSM right now is still and the thing is is that for Huni too, it's like I think for him it's whatever works works cuz he hasn't been on really great rosters these past couple of seasons and for him to be on tsm and then he's like i i I would think that it's like whatever works works for me and if it works for the team then it works for me Mm -hmm. um especially since they were always talking about how communication has been an issue this season and you know not playing as a team like he said that we weren't playing as a team which is why i was struggling and i feel like now like i haven't seen them smile that much after a game in so long and they looked super happy obviously ebtl you're gonna be happy but like even after other victories, they weren't really as happy. Um, obviously, I think I think that's also because they didn't really win the game. The other team kind of lost the game. Yeah, they just kind of tripped over the finish line. Yeah, so um, for now, I honestly do see Huni just accepting whatever role he takes and then playing it well at this point in his career. Um, and if it's playing weak side and then affecting the team fights later, I think that that'd be fine too. I think that he, she, he'll be okay with that. Yeah. And I think it's also kind of, I mean, I'm not here to speak for I kind of who needs psychology, but I think if I'm putting myself in, in his shoes and I'm yeah, yeah. just, I've been labeled as a walking coin flip my entire career, you know, oh, here comes Hooney doing Hooney things. Um, like you could put him on weak side, but then it's like, don't leave him on an island. And I think that has been part of what TSM have done well, right? It's like you play him, you know, on, kind of, you know, weak side, yeah, you get that counter pick into 
Camille, right? Like weak side Shen, but like you still allow him to be a playmaker, right? And you still allow, you know, kind of him and right, you, right, you, right. you facilitate him a little bit. You don't just leave him up there to his own devices. And then the enemy jungler is going, oh, cool. Huni's on an island. Let's just bully him, bully him, bully him. And then the numbers go down. And then all our commentary the week after is, oh, Huni, Huni coin flip, Keck W. And I, I just don't think it's, you know, horribly <laughs> constructive. Uh, because, no, but I, I think, I think to your point, they are playing a little bit more like a team. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they, they are... It, it's one thing to put Huni on whatever duty, but then just kind of leave him on an island. It's it's okay. Let's how does he work into the broader mm. team combo? And I think that that seems to be again like I don't really have so much access to behind the scenes stuff, but on the surface that seems to be a little bit more of what is going on. Uh, that TL game was uh, the TL and Immortals games were absolute domination. Real great. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move into Team Liquid though because they have uh, they they've been uh, stumbling bumbling as they say. TL and EG both one and two this week, but. TL, I think the maybe the bigger concern, uh, because well, eh, I mean, you lose to TSM and Hundred Thieves, and look, Hundred Thieves are playing uh, their uh, their their little behinds off right now, but they've got sure. uh, TL have a very important week ahead of them. Golden Guardians, EG, C nine, you got to go two and one there. If, if you lose a C nine, no one's gonna, uh, you know, really blink. Exactly, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the loss of TSM. Maybe that ends up looking uh, way better because you, you know, TSM might be catching a heater. They might finally have turned a corner. Um, but they, they, Team Team Liquid also did toss around CLG as they kind of should have, as they were kind of expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hundred Thieves, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That was, uh, I think that you give more credit to Hundred Thieves personally because someday got counterpicked by you know the by the Quinn there. Alfari did exactly what he was supposed to. But Hundred Thieves played around that, and they said, "All right, someday you're reenacted. Yeah, but like you're going to build just straight tank. You're going to go Stride Breaker, you know, to get yeah. a little more ability out of that." And so I give more credit to Hundred Thieves there. I maybe it's the TL fanboy in me, but I still want to see a little bit more. Look, this is this this is not good, but I don't want to start ringing the alarm bells just yet. Oh no, it's way too early. I think that TL. Um, every great team stumbles. Uh, it's how they're able to adapt and overcome these kind of like bumps in the road that define a great team that's kind of cliche but it's true because we've seen great teams struggle before even g2 right like g2 has had problems before in the season but then when it comes to playoffs they are able to you know get their ish together and i think that tl there's just too much firepower on this team to to not keep them up in like the top two top three um they'll have struggles and i guess yeah like this week is going to be a pretty big tell um to where their power level is uh i don't see them having like a like colossal collapse or like just underperforming in the next few weeks. I think that this like this week was a pretty big um, like I I I I talked to Santorin, and he said that they were just playing in a way that was very uncharacteristic of them, and so I think that if they're able to just you know get the int out, I think that they'll be fine. Um, I think this week was getting the int out. And so we'll probably see them win at least two games this week, uh, and give C nine a run for their money too. That's my that's my prediction for this week for TL. Did he say uh, we're able to get like when 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 he said oh we're not playing in a way that's characteristic of us? What exactly did he mean by that? We're able to get that. Uh, I mean, just like I think I think he just was like mistakes overall. Just just you know making careless mistakes, and you know what? Sometimes when you're a top team, that happens. Uh, you can get a little careless, a little bit complacent, and so uh, th- th- those those little learning lessons will happen, with, especially with new teams and 
and uh, new teams that are slated to be the best. And so, uh, yeah, again, I think that TL is going to be fine. I think that they're going to be a top three team. I think that this weekend was kind of an anomaly, unless they unfortunately prove me wrong this coming week. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that they're going to win at least two games. Um, and and then do well. They could. Well, you see, we'll see. We'll see against C nine. But but I, yeah, I I think that this was an anomaly this week. I get that this is the NA section of the podcast, but I'm just sitting here and I'm rubbing my tiny little sweaty hands with glee because I just I look at Alfari and I look at the British flag next to Alfari's name and then I look over and I see highest kill part, highest damage share, and highest gold share, and best KDA, and that just that makes me happy. You know, he's he's actually been beasting it. Oh yeah, no. On he's, this team, he's a, like it's he's kind of insane. His the level to which NA teams are scared of Alfari's Camille is just it gorgeous, beautiful. I love it. I want more of that. I mean, every everyone was really scared of his Camille though. It's just that it went, like last the last time he was in EU, they looked at the rest of his team and they're like, ah, is I. we'll let that one slide it's fine yeah exactly but now that that he has he has a squad now they're like oh crap like (laughs) if we give him this then they're even that more powerful but yeah when he was on like origin they're just like i gave it to him yeah the camille has been banned out against him literally every single game in the spring split except for dignitas dignitas did not ban it out and he didn't choose it he went renekton now that was, you know, last patch when Arachnum was a little more, uh, a little more dangerous. A little bit? A little bit more dangerous. But I've, I've been surprised as to how often he has still been picked. I think the builds have differed a little bit. And I think that's kind of what people wanted to see with Renekton is he's a little more situational. He's not just blind pickable. So I think the changes have kind of, you know, done well in that sense, right? It's like, you know, oh, like I look at, again, that someday performance against TL is he ended up going, you know, Stridebreaker and Sterix, uh, you know, Doran Shield, you know, uh, Ninja Tabby, play the Steel Capstar, whatever. Um, and it was a little more situational, right? And Renekton was just there to try to find tactical, pick him off, and then die, right? Which is kind of what late game Renekton did last year, which I think is good because he was just too strong kind of throughout. He needs a little bit more of a a, a niche, but uh, that's the end of uh, Hank's meta discussion for the week. Let's move it to... Uh, any, any thoughts about EG before we dive into Dignitas? I do want to talk a little bit about Dignitas, but EG had um, had a had a tough week as well. Um, I think EG is kind of settling itself as the gatekeepers for the top and the bottom half. I think that yeah, it, like it's me. weird. Um, what were you saying, Mike? I can't help but feel they were like they performed maybe a little bit above their ceiling in yeah. lock in, and now we're kind of starting to see where they should be. They're kind of like mm-hmm. the Mad Lions of the mm. LCS. It kind of feels like I see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think that, yeah, no, I totally agree with Meg. I think that they overperformed in the lock-in, and so they came into this season with a ton of hype. Um, but, yeah, no. I, I think that this team is playoff-bound, but I can't see them beating. If, like, for example, if, yeah, I don't see them being a top three by the end of the season, honestly. Uh, I think that this is what they're they are, which is, like, a gatekeeper team. Unfortunately, uh, I like the team, but that's kind of the reality of what I'm kind of seeing from what they're doing now. Uh, again, though, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much because it is early. Um, but I do think that they overperform in the lock-in to get them a ton of hype that might not have been as warranted as people thought. 
They also, like, again, I haven't watched every single one of the games, so correct me if I'm wrong on this. They kind of feel like they don't have a carry. It's just kind of everyone's responsibility to try and, like, it's everybody's responsibility to try and win the game on their own rather than everybody's responsibility to try and get one or two players to win the game. It feels very strange. Like, Deftly's been a little bit... I don't want to say lackluster because that sounds kind of unfair, but, like, his kill part is kind of low considering, yeah. like, the role that he's playing and the kind of champions that he's playing. Like, he has one center game and the rest of his game's on Kai'Sa. Like, you'd mm -hmm. expect... Or the rest of his game's on Kai'Sa and then one Zaya, one Ezreal. You'd expect more out of that, and it just feels like they're struggling a little bit to find what they should be playing through right now. Uh, and now to Dignitas we go. Um, are they for real? Just uh, they, They've won three in a row. Uh, they're locking. Mm. They're they are what four and two. Their losses are yeah. to TL and 100 Thieves, mm -hmm. respectable. They've beaten Immortals, GG, EG, and CLG. So, to me, my initial impression is: look, there's something to be said about losing to only the teams you should, the teams that are just straight up better than you, and beating uh -huh. the teams that you should. Now, they've got a really tough slate in FlyQuest, C9, and TSM next week. I think they will. They could beat FlyQuest. They might not, but they will lose to C9 and TSM. This team feels like the most just bang average team in the LCS. Yeah, I, I think that um, if we're going to give any kind of value to it right now, I think that we need to see this week. If they, like you said, if they lose to the games that we expect them to, then they're just the yeah the most average. Beat the people who are worse than us and and lose to the people who are better. Like it's just. That's just how it's going to be. I think that right now they got a lot of young pieces that are still learning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I really like seeing that like Dardock is willing to experiment with champions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, he's still uh, doing the, uh, the the tour to junglers, the A to Z. Yes, yes. And so I I'm excited. I like Diggs an exciting team to watch, mm -hmm. but this week because I do think that their schedule has been their strength of schedule mm. has been a little bit. <laughs> Tell me more about strength of schedule. <laughs> I think Everyone's their strength of schedule. Phrase, do go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think their strength of schedule has been pretty favorable this past couple of weeks. So we'll see how they do in the next three, the next week, the next week after. Because yeah, they have some tough matchups to go on. Fly's not a FlyQuest isn't a pushover either. No, you know. So I do think that this is this is going to be the telling week for them. If they go 0-3 or o, like one and two, then we know kind of. We can start to make some assumptions of where they are. Uh, if they go two and one or something and get a win off of TSM or or C, or like okay, I'm not gonna say C9, but like if they can go two one, then maybe maybe they're like ooh, you know. I wouldn't say that they're like a top three team or anything, but you know, top half, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that their schedule was pretty favorable for them. Like, I'm not going to go put a lot of stock into this last couple of weeks just because they did face, like, bottom bottom four teams and bottom five teams. So, um, yeah, and they still have a ton of uh, room to grow. I think they have a lot of room and a lot of learning to do with this roster. What do you think of is the ceiling of this, this Dignitas? Fifth. Fifth. I think that's the absolute ceiling. It's TSM, TLC, 900 Thieves. And then yeah. the soup begins. Dignitas can rise to the top mm -hmm. of the soup. Yeah. 
Um, and I think there is something to be said for that because Dignitas, have, I feel like, have been, like, unfortunately the least talked about team in the LCS when you know, everyone's like, oh, Immortals, rookies this, Golden Guardians, rookies that. Dignitas have Soligo and Fake God running the show. And Neil, right? Just three guys that are, like, you know, yeah. they, they've been either rookies or just butts of jokes their entire short careers. And then Afro and Dardock, right? And it's like, when you look at that on paper, that's like, oh boy, that screams eighth or seventh. But they have it's rookies a, and then yeah. they have players that get memed on. It's yeah. weird because, like, like you said, they haven't gotten a lot of uh, like attention because of the roster that they built. They're like, oh, Dardock and Afro, you know, like, it's like what is this twenty fifteen? <laughs> yeah, like as much as I hate to say that, right? It's like Dardock and Afro, and then the rookies or the young guys that they got don't scream like budding star players in a way mm-hmm. um and so you know they're kind of just that 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 team that goes under the radar and suddenly they're four and two uh but yeah no fifth they're they're a fifth place team i i i'm i can't give them enough stock unless they go 3-0 this week and then maybe it's like eh, eh, eh. Mm-hmm. but i don't expect that i think that like like hank said one and two is like the expected from them and if that happens then we know exactly where they are which is fifth mm-hmm. Dignitas feel very safe. I want to read you all some statistics that I dug up on Dignitas. Uh, maybe we talk about it, maybe we don't. Maybe Actually, no, we, we, we don't, but initial reactions here. But Dignitas, second highest KD behind Cloud9 mm. as a team. Uh, lowest early game rating, second highest in mid to late game rating, last in first tower percentage, ninth in first to three towers percentage, and last in wards <laughs> per minute. With. And their laning statistics, like, individually, like, their laners and, like, gold of 15 and 10 are also horrific. And I, I've been trying to, like, my inner analyst... Yo, just like, scale. I, I guess, right? Because it seems like maybe they're, like, kind of squeaking <laughs> out games and, like, they, they're very snowball-y kind of one way or the other. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, you you just take advantage of teams that's like that don't... That's, the weirdest set of stats I've ever right? heard right? in my yeah. life. So, yeah, but that's why I just, like, I, I'm thinking out loud here and I just wanted to read them to you because it's... They're, they're very odd. Um, you know, whether it's y'all or, or listeners, uh, just, just ruminate on that. Uh, ponder on that one for a second. Yeah, yeah. stick <laughs> yourself, food in, for a, thought. Stick food yourself for thought. in a plastic bag with some, you know, some good what? sauce and marinate. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. <laughs> I'm proud wow. of that one. Um, yeah, that was great. As thank you. As should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Meg, uh, we're not going to do who we, who we play for because we got no guest, but Meg uh, cooked up a little... Uh, a little kind of pre-break game show for us. So what do you mm. got? Okay, so first of all, Twitter, if you have any ideas for the name of this segment, then please let me know because I've oh, been God. trying to think of names, but I'm spectacularly uncreative and I have nothing. But basically what we're going to do is we're going to do a little a little quiz for my two co-hosts on what this we've is, been seeing. I didn't study. <laughs> I, I didn't study either. This is going to be fun. Oh, God. <laughs> This is going to be a little quiz about the picks that we've seen so far in the LEC and the LCS, and I'm going to do three questions for each region. So, buckle in, boys. We're going to right. start so, with... So, do we want to do, um, depending on the question, real quick, to so get some rules, uh, mm-hmm. do we want to go, like, each of us get one answer, and the, the first one will be like, alright, Tyler goes first, then I go first, and then the second will be, I go first, and Tyler goes first. Can we pick the same answer? Uh, we'll yeah, say what's, that what's you, can, you can both give an answer, and then oh, you okay. get a point for your answers, and then if you draw, then you draw, and that's great, and you're both equally as intelligent as each other. Or not, as the case may be. Okay. Right, so I'm going to give you two champions. For this first question, I'm going to give you two mid lane champions 
and you have to tell me which one has been picked more in the LEC. Just just picked, not banned. Yes, just picked. Okay. So okay. the two champions are LeBlanc and Rise. Who goes first here? Who has the answer first? In the LEC? Yes. Oh my Who's 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 clicking right now? That better not be you, Tyler. <laughs> hey it's man. Me, don't worry. Uh, oh. I'm gonna go with LeBlanc. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. I mean, you 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 can click. You can pick that too. I think that's, right. that's the rules we went over. Henrik's locked in. Tyler, what are we going for? LeBlanc or Rise? I'm gonna I'm say. Answer. You know what? I'm gonna do the opposite because it would be boring if I choose the same one. Rise. Tyler is correct. Rise Let's go. Oh. LeBlanc has been picked three times. <laughs> wait, wait, LeBlanc three, Rise how many? Uh, four. Wow. Oh, wow. Tough. All right. Okay, next one. Here we go. Right, okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was, okay. just by the way, uh, all of these stats are via a site called Games of Legends, which is fantastic. If you have any interest in specifically champion stats, it's an excellent site to use. True. Nice. Um, what is the current most banned champion in the LEC? Oof. Most banned... Oh my god. Uh, I want to say... We, we just got out of Gordrinker phase, so I would... First champ that comes to mind is Olaf. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning Olaf as well. I, I, I want to say Olaf. Because Gordrinker... That's my, that's my pick. I'm going okay. to uh, say Olaf. Um... To be a, ah, I hate this game. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can pick the same one. No, I know, it, it, it makes I know. sense. You can be a sheep. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> I'm a sheep, but at least I'm fluffy and cute. Okay, Olaf. Yeah. You are both wrong. Let's go. <laughs> it was Twisted Fate. What was it? Twisted Fate. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. My backup answer was gonna be Oriana, but I was like, that feels like the control mage that like gets. A bunch that isn't yeah. cryo, but yeah, Ori's been banned. Is she even? Has she even been banned? That's what I'm saying. It's just like it, it's mm. like it's not even worth banning because it's like okay, well, she's been banned five times. Twisted wow. Fate has been banned thirty-two. Wait, I'm 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 curious though. How many times has Olaf been banned? Thirty. He was the second. Oh, fuck! All right, it right. was so close. All right. My last question for the LEC: Who is the most picked jungler in the LEC? Jungler. Uh, Udir. Udir? I'm gonna say Udir. Graves would be a backup answer, but I thought I'm gonna stick with Udir. Graves would be a backup answer if I was allowing backup answers, which I am True. not. True. So it's so it's just me wasting oxygen again. <laughs> Wait, so picked like 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 picked as in like they play the game. Yes. Like not pick and ban. Yes, yes, yes. This is has entered a game playing this Olaf. champion. Olaf? It has to be Olaf, because everyone played that shit when, when it was broken. There's also okay, so we've got, Giga Band. So we've got Olaf and we've got Ude. Are those your final answers? Yes. You're actually both wrong. It's Lilia. Oh. oh. Really? Yep. Oh, that makes sense too. Right. Olaf was picked 12 times. Ude was picked 8 times. Oh. Lilia has been picked 14 times. Dang. You guys are bad wait, at this game. Wait, wait. How many, how, many, how, many, how many times was Talia picked? Uh, Talia was picked... 
Seven. Or no, not Talia, sorry. Um, uh, Lilia, sorry. Oh, 14. I'm 14. Curious, I'm curious about Talia, though. What did you say, Mac? Uh, seven times. Okay. okay. And this is all according to this site, so if I if this is wrong, don't come for me. This site is normally accurate. <laughs> no, 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 it's, no, it's pretty good. Game, game yeah, yeah. Really good. All right, yeah. LCS. Maybe that was it. Maybe it's just the it's the LCS. It's just the region difference, yeah. though. Oh, and then we're gonna just interface. All right, so so right now, what the score is after three questions? One nothing, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is hey, bro. Well, I'm guys. just saying. If we're gonna if we're gonna be bad at this game, we're gonna be bad at this game together, dude. Oh, all right, I, I, I think I found the name of the segment between two dunces. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Right, right. So, my first question for the LCS is: which of these two picks has a higher win rate? Mm. Mundo Jungle or Bard Oof. Support? Mm. Oh, I hate it! I hate it! I hate it! <laughs> in the LCS, yes. How many times is, how have these been picked? Yeah, I, I, think, bo- I think these have been this picked to combine like not five times. Lock-in. Wait, wait, say it again. This is spring, not including lock-in. Okay. Yo, I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say Bard. Cause, yeah. Because there's no way Doctor Mundo has like. My, my my bet is like Bard has gone two and one. Mundo has gone one and one. Yeah, one of them has like fifty yeah. percent, or like like like, like Dardock popped off on it, and then one other person tried it, I think, and was like, "Nope, never mind. <laughs> this pick yeah, is dangerous. Yeah. Get it away from me." Okay, so I'm like, we're both locking in for Bard, right? Yeah, you are actually right. Bard Let's go. Mundo has one loss. There it is. All right. <laughs> Yo, this game is easy. Bring on the next this question. Is, this is soft. <laughs> okay. Question number two. Which is the most banned support in the LCS? Mm. And you have two possible answers for this because there are two supports who are tied in the amount of times that they've been banned. Ooh. So can we each give two answers or no? Is it just uh, like so if we, we get each, we each give or, one right? answer, we just get more leeway? Yeah, it's you can give one answer, but you get more leeway. Oh. I'm going to say Rel. Ooh, that, that mm, for ban, right? Just ban. Yeah, this is just bans. I'll say. Let me think. Actually, Rel's Rel a been... good one. No, no, Rel's fine. No, I, I think. I think Rel's good. I, I, I answered too. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Recently, because of like, especially since we did that segment with uh, LEC versus LCS, I'm gonna say Seraphine because everybody thinks she's broken. Okay, okay, okay. But hold on. But Seraphine can be flexed in a bunch of different roles. I don't know if you could say that's the most banned support because she goes mid and ADC. Right. Uh, potato, potato. Are okay, we locking so. in Rel and Seraphine? I'm going to say Seraphine. Because oh. I, know, I know that everyone hates her. Well, okay. okay. I, if, if, I mean, no, if that, if... I'm locking in Rel and Seraphine for you. Henry. Oh. You, have, you have hedged for too long. And you are both right. Oh. Rel oh. and Seraphine have both been Let's banned go. 16 times. Although I do, I do like, like, Hank's right that, like, she's a flex. But even still, I feel like she's... Okay. Well, it's it horrible counts. to face off against. She's been played in support, so I'm counting it. Okay. Okay, okay. Right. Last one. My final question. I hope to God that... Right, so what are we on now? This is, it's 2-1 two two one one to Tyler, right? 2-1? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because we both okay. got that one, so we each got a point. Okay, okay. Okay, and my final question is... How many top laners have only been picked once? In the LCS. Wow. How many top lane <laughs> champions have only been picked once? What? Uh... 
Bro. Okay, I actually think I might have something for this. Um, how many? How many? That's actually kind of hilarious. I'm gonna say... Oh my gosh. That's so hard. That's very difficult. This is a very Do you want me to give you the total number of unique top picks? That might help you. Yeah. Okay, so there have been... I just counted this, but now I'm gonna do it again in case I messed it wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't that the question? Yeah, that's the question though, isn't it? That's the question. <laughs> no, it's how, how many champions have only been picked once in the top lane? Right, but isn't that the same thing as how many unique <laughs> top lane picks have there been? Or, or, oh, 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 no, how many unique top lane picks have there been? No, you're yeah, right. so uh, how many total champions have been played in the top lane versus how many of them have only okay, been okay, played right, once? Okay, right, right. right, so 16 total different champions have been played in the top lane. How many of those oh. champions have only been played once? Eight. Tyler was closer, so he gets the point. Seven Let's champions have only go. been played once in the top lane. <laughs> I guessed. <laughs> I just assumed, because I'm like, there are about eight meta top laners that you can play in this meta in, in pro play. I know, so I'm going to guess. I know Quinn has only been played once, which is really, really surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I thought it was, wait, what, what are they? What are the unique ones? I'm curious. Right, so we have Irelia, Ivan, Silas, Lulu, Shogath, Rumble, and Quinn. Irelia? Irelia and Rumble. Well, Rumble, I, I, I just forgot about. Irelia, I thought for sure had been picked more than once. but Mid lane, though. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's where my confusion stemmed from. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the game with no name, which Let's go! has won for this week. But if we bring it back, you may have a chance to redeem yourself. I did it. All right, well, <laughs> on to next week we go then. And for now, on to week. part two we go. We're going to take it to a quick break. When we come back, it's LEC time. What a week it was. We'll be here to break it all down in just a second. <laughs> Touching down in, I guess, Berlin, technically, even though our our, uh, B, our LEC better half third um, is is <laughs> in the UK. Uh, Meg, what do you usually fly out of? Heathrow or Gatwick? Uh, when you Luton, leave the, actually, because it's the closest one to me, but Heathrow, when I have to go somewhere that's, like, actually important. Okay. Okay. Does Gatwick, like, actually exist, or is it a myth? Uh, Gatwick, uh, huh? it's like a hell dimension. We don't talk about it. Okay. Fair enough. It's a hell dimension. <laughs> uh speaking of things that were uh that might have been a myth that g2 road game did it actually happen um if a if a yanko spear is thrown but it doesn't actually hit anyone was it actually <laughs> thrown i felt so bad people for him. See it? their own analyst came for his throat on twitter <laughs> yeah, after the game with his stats i was like man just let him have what a is it like 30 percent or something i think it was like 36 percent Mm-mm-mm. I'd like to see like I the mean, rest of the statistics though. Like, like I know if I wasn't good, but like, I don't know, like, like just like spears around objectives, just like poking and stuff. Right? If you're running a poke comp, you're gonna throw a lot of spears that don't hit. But it's about yeah. like that kind of zone control. I, that's not really what we're talking about here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that game itself, though. I mean, G two did win. Um, I feel vindicated once again that G two are in fact just a better team. Uh, but as far as consistency, I think Rogue might still take the crown. But like, Meg. What were your actual takeaways from this game? Yes. A little more nuanced takes than me. Um. Meg, you were muted. No, I'm not muted. I'm just having a think. Oh, huh. Um. Ah. 
Oh, okay, okay. I honestly don't know what to make of this game because Rogue kind of came back, kind of didn't. And the fact that they were able to do that was obviously incredibly impressive. But the one thing that Rogue has always been able to do in the LEC is just never be behind. Like, regardless of what you do to any of their lanes, like, they're going to have three dragons, they're going to have, like, a massive gold lead, they're going to have taken a tower somewhere. And G2 showed that when you don't actually give them the opportunity to do that, you can just beat them. And sure, like, Larson absolutely beast-moded it and went, like, I think he... At one point in the game, he was like six one and five on Azir. I can't remember what his ending stats were. Seven two and five, so same deal. Yeah, and it's like the fact that they can lose and still have stats like that. I don't know. I really actually don't know what to make of this game because I don't think it actually made Rogue look weak. I just think G two absolutely played out of their minds well. Like by mm -hmm. far the best we've seen them play this split. So I. I, I mean, if there's know. a game. I'm to, very excited I've, for the rematch. I'll say that. Yeah, like if there's a game to play your best, it's this one. Uh, this just made me excited for a five game series between these guys. Like the fact that they're able to trade back and forth, and like throughout the game, it didn't feel like one team was definitely gonna win because mm -hmm. you knew that at, at any certain moment, both these teams could snatch it from each other. Let me propose something to you, and I have a feeling that this is going to be a very unpopular thing that I'm about to say, but let me propose something to you. So, we can all agree that this game was G2 operating at the pretty much the top of their potential, right? Like, this is the, the best we've seen from G2 so far, this split by far. Mm -hmm. This is probably close to what the peak of this G2 roster looks like. I think even Yanko said it himself that, like, this is by far the best we've played all split. Mm-hmm. This was a rough game for Rogue. I think Odawamne was 06. Mm -hmm. he, this he, is... he did get counterpicked right in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? Because <laughs> it gets the point across. Yeah, yeah it does. Anyway. Got me. This, this may not be Rogue's peak, but it definitely was G2's. There is a chance that Rogue are still a better team than G2 in a five-game series. No, and, mm. I, and, I, and I think there's something to that because I mean mm -hmm. I think Rogue also did um, they they played well from behind and which which says something that like to to our kind of broader points here they didn't even look that far behind at any point in the game right but Odoamne right when you get counterpickers or Necton, what do you do you build straight tank that's exactly what he did um, you know inspired he knew okay I am not the main AP threat we have two hyperscalers I'm just gonna go straight supported Lilia um, you know Larson. He, he knew, look, defense is cheaper than offense. I'm going to rush a Banshee's Veil, which I think is what he did. Um, you know, I think, I don't know if he rushed it or he built it right after his Leandries, but either way. Um, the Vein was, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it almost worked. But look, the, the, the broader point is, like, I think it was really just, you can't really poke any holes in Rogue's game. It was just like Caps getting picks, right? Wonder playing the counterpick, playing the counterpick really, really well. Mickey X mm -hmm. was finding flanks. Um, yeah. It was just G2's individual brilliance was the difference. I, I I just think that right here, it shows how close a series... Like, like they're so close when it comes to... Like, when they face off against each other, like, every game I feel like will be really, really, really close uh, to the point where I think that a series against... A series between them will be decided through, like, just draft. 
I think that if somebody can outdraft one another, then that'll be this. Because like the way that they play, it's so smart. They're really smart, like coming from different um, points in the game. Whether like I like like we said before, whether they're really really ahead and they're snowballing, or they have to turtle a little bit and 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 they have to adjust their builds and they adjust their playstyle based off of the situation they're in. Both teams are really really good. You know, G2 is super smart at like if they're behind, they play on, you know, different areas of the map, right? If they're losing fights on the other side, they're definitely taking an objective or a tower and they know how to like basically slowly build their lead back up through other things besides just kills and engages and stuff. Even though people are like, oh, G2 loves to fight all the time. They're very aggressive. It's like they know how not to do that. Obviously, they've shown yeah. that before. No, and they, and they know how to. And I think it's good because it's kind of like Meg said, they kind of knew it, it felt like they knew their opponent. They knew that Rogue. They, they know how to play this, this extremely low-risk style. And then once they get to the late game, they're going to let their individual players shine. And they drafted to that to a degree, right? I think it was tough that, you know, Odawamne was supposed to be kind of that bridge into the late game. And look, they, they found it otherwise, right? Because Renekton's supposed to be your bridge, and then you let Azir and Vayne shine. Uh, but the fact that G2 weren't able to create those individual advantages, I think really, really speaks to the strength of Rogue's early game, which, like Meg said, has been their, their calling card all split. Now, you can say, oh, well, that's very boring. Yeah, but you know what's you know what sucks? Not being seven and two, and not yeah. giving G two a really really good fight, and putting the game in a state where at fifty minutes it felt like yeah G 2s ahead, but it's just gonna it's it's just who takes this next team fight. I just want a best of five between these two teams so badly. Oh, I know it's gonna, gonna so give good. me like really bad blood pressure problems, but it's I just so I good. just want to watch these teams play five games, especially because like Freddie's drafts for Rogue this split have been so good. They've been so like. He doesn't. He really doesn't like leaving weak points for for that roster. And I think if G two, if there's one thing that G two is really famous for, it's some wacky ass drafts. So I don't know. I that oh, that series is gonna be so hype. I'm excited. Yes, it is gonna be a banger. And Yankos, the only thing uh, <laughs> aside from missing a ton of spears, but still managing to win because his team is unbelievable and he's still just an unbelievably good player. Uh, there were some, there were some, you know, rumblings, uh, maybe <laughs> kind of serious or not. Uh, Tyler, you, uh, I guess you have, is it a scoop? I don't know, but you've got a point nah. to make here. I mean, nah, I mean, look, I think that half of it is joking, but I wouldn't be surprised if next year an eight yoinks more you tell it. Don't say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if we see another big name European player go to, like, North America... I wouldn't be surprised. It might not be Yankos. I think that Yankos is like, he likes playing in EU. Right? Well, because Perks was like memeing on it, right? I think it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was on, but um, might have been an interview with Travis Gafford, but he was like, yeah, Yankos like, has said that he wants to go to NA, which could be a meme, could not, but he's it's like, like 90% a meme. Yeah, but then again, Yankos is one of the most established players that Europe has, and. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how I'd feel about hey, him going to NA, honestly, at this point All I'm saying career. is if, if Perks is willing to come to NA, I think now anybody can come to NA because Perks was like... He Except was the Reckless. EU. Reckless is the last bastion of Europe. I think once he goes, then like this is Imagine. a lawless country. No, Imagine. I, I, I don't think Reckless would go just because his like his stated goal, right? It's like, you know, it has always the been pride. my goal to win worlds. Like, exactly. he, like, he might be the best player in North America, but yeah, his best shot to win worlds is on his G2. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, as a as a proud yeah. North American, that's just, if you want to win worlds, 
don't come here yet. Maybe in five or ten years, different conversation. But, yeah. you know, but again, that's five or ten years from now, and uh, we've only got like five or ten minutes left in this podcast, so uh, we're going to move into... Uh, <laughs> great, great. Oh, what a, what a what a transition. That was amazing. Thank you. I'll manage to bungle the podcast outro at some point. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, don't hold your breath just yet. But um, you, we mentioned, um, you know, kind of a, a couple of these guys, and Jisoo Rogue stole the headlines this week as far as matches, but there were a ton of other fantastic games that let's just kind of I don't know, breeze through them real quick, and then we'll have kind of our uh, a segment a little bit in the future here. That is just who was your kind of midseason MVP? Not in each world, we don't have time for that. But there were some great uh, matches. Schalke went 0 2. Matt Lyons taking them down, and they lose them losing to Astralis. Magic Felix um, played very, very well. Magic Faker. Uh, yeah, you know, Mis- Misfits picked up another win against that Astralis squad. Uh, Fnatic seemed to have righted the ship a little bit. Uh, Yamato went absolutely insane on mm. Twitter. Um, don't so talk about that. As, as far as far as those highlights from the week, anything that you just say, no, like, hey, I need to get this off my chest. Meg, do you have anything to get off your chest after uh, that? Uh... I feel like I'm being picked on. I don't know. I just like that whole the XL versus Fnatic thing was an absolute mess. Like, mm-hmm. just don't. Just just a word of advice is don't go on Twitter to resolve these things because it doesn't achieve anything. Mm-hmm. And just like. The amount of Fnatic fans who were just barraging XL with hate, knowing full well that Fnatic would have made exactly the, the same exact decision same if they were in the that situation. It's choice. like, come on, man. Yeah. Oh. I mean, ultimately, that was just a tough situation because, I mean, XL, XL can't control whether the Chrono Big works or not. And then if you're given, like, you're losing and the, the bug was pretty significant and they, they're like, you want to remake? No one's going to say no. Yeah, it's not going to be like, no, I think I will do the honorable yeah, thing. Yeah, And There's say no. no. Like, no, you want to... Every team is here to win. That's yeah. the whole point. Every single team would take that remake. G2, Fnatic, Excel, anyone. Rogue, like, anyone would take that. And it's just like... How it was handled on social media, especially from, you know... Like, like the way... Like, it, 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 was, it wasn't the best. I understand uh, and... getting upset, right? Like, that's a, sure. that's a miserable situation. Yeah, that sucks. But maybe don't take that to Twitter. I don't know. But one thing that did come out of this that I think it is very important to acknowledge is how hard the LEC, like how much they smurfed it with that whole thing, like how the broadcast managed to keep it going. And like, I have a appalling attention span, like something loses my attention for 30 seconds, that's it, I'm never looking at it again, it's like dead to me now. But the fact that the LEC broadcast managed to hold my attention for that entire pause and like keep me engaged is really impressive and I think credit where credit's due, they absolutely smurfed it in what was like a very technically challenging weekend. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, that was, a, that was actually a lot of fun. I think that is the, the perfect weekend to have LS there because you could do just such a variety of things. Now they didn't get him because they knew there was going to be a chrono break obviously, but I think it worked out really, really nicely and yeah, credit to uh, Dracos and Cadrill, uh, you know, and how they were memeing and throwing poros at each other and stuff. I think they did a And poro violence. I'm sick and, of it. But also that. Yeah, you know, more of that, but also <laughs> less of it. Um, now on to our final segment as we wrap up here. We're running a little low on time, but mid-season MVP, uh, just period. Not, you know, again, not by each role, but in the LEC. Uh, let's have let's have this discussion. Um, we bandied about a couple of names. I think there is a discussion worth having, but there are a couple that just kind of rise above the rest. I'ma just I'ma just put it out here. I I respect you both as people. It's Larson. You're both wrong. Like 
He's just okay. he's just so good. It's yeah. kind of disgusting to watch him play because he just doesn't really do things wrong. Like every opportunity that mm-hmm. he has to make a decision, he seemingly makes the right decision, which is I don't know, there's not been a huge amount of players that play like that in Europe because obviously the last great mid laner or the the previous great mid laner that we had that everyone was talking about was Caps, who is obviously still insane, but he also has kind of reputation for sometimes running it down yeah but larson doesn't do that like he just always seems to be operating at the top of his intelligence and i think he is a absolutely terrifying mid laner he's insane oh yeah no i think that he's a peak like if you want to talk about like the best that the league has to offer he's up there um I do agree that Larson's really, really good, and I honestly think he's the one of the top like contenders for the midseason MVP. But I also think that um, I think that we need to talk about. Well, I'm an ADC main, so I love talking about ADCs, and I think that upset on Fnatic is uh, is. Hold on, my dog is barking. <laughs> hold on. The dog has something to say. <laughs> take, take over for a second. Take over for a second. <laughs> Your dog's like, no. If we're talking about straight up value, I think it's uh, I think it's treats because that team is nothing without him and. Uh, I, th- I do think Treats has somewhat of a shout, but he won't win MVP because I think that especially in uh, League of Legends, you have to be on a good team to win just straight up MVP, which I don't think is completely unfair. Oh, okay, so because people don't respect the support role enough. But anyway, I think Kyle also is that. back. Yes, yes. I have uh, Arya in my lap now, so she won't bark. But <gasps> I was going to say um, Upset from Fnatic, I think, should be considered just because I think that he has... For what people were like putting like the expectations that people put on him, especially when like Fnatic announced him as the replacement for Reckless, who's also smurfing. But I think that like the expectations of filling those shoes and then coming in and playing the way he's doing right now is just so admirable because like so much of like the everyone's just like, ah, oh, it's upset. You know, like mm-hmm. not a lot of expectations. Everyone was like, eh, you know what, whatever. And now he's playing like pretty damn well for himself um on that team uh reckless too but i think that upset story just uh appeals to me a little bit more because he's kind of like that dark horse kind of under appreciated guy that comes into the thing and just kind of proves people wrong you know mm-hmm. no and i really hope he does succeed at that i mean he, yes uh no I, I think he's been a big reason for the fanatic turnaround i think they've also just found an identity a lot more right nisky just going back to kind of being that more supportive uh, mid laner, not really kind of like he was on Cloud9, where it was, you know, you had kind of the isolated units of Licorice is going to boss in your top lane. You know, Niski and Blabber are going to roam as two, and Sven and Vulcan are never going to do a bad job in the bot lane. It's it's a little more playing through upset. Hilly's playing well. Uh, Selfmade is still one of the best junglers in Europe, and Niski is just kind of there to make the wheels turn. Um, and, and Whippo's being just a wonderful gem of a human being in the top lane. Um, I do, yeah, I do think Reckless deserves a shout for sure. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, I, if you're talking about like just straight like value, and again, this is just kind of a broader discussion of maybe what your definition of MVP is, is mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like, for me, it's tough to give it to anyone on Rogue because they all just play so, so well. They never like play right through directly one person. It's it's like what, what the good version of Evil Geniuses should be to circle back to what we were talking about <laughs> in the last way. It's like, it's like when it goes well, it goes awesome. But they, they like their their floor is just so so high. I think that's such a team centric. Like that, you, you can't really give credit to just 
one yeah. person. Yeah, I so you're talking about that. most valuable. Like, but again, like that's not to take away anything from those guys. Like if you're making an MVP or like if you're making just a who are the best the ten best players in Europe, you put all five of those guys in the top ten. Yeah, no, I think that Rogue's Rogue is like the epitome of team play. They they play so well around each other that they elevate themselves through like they they're basically elevating each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um because you know like for example, if Inspired's doing really well, that means Larson's going to be doing well, which means that Hans is going to be doing well. Like you know, like it, it, they all kind of make each other better by playing together really really well as a one single unit. Um so I, I I but I that again like like you said Hank like I'm not gonna take it away from like Larson I think that Larson is honestly the best mid laner in the league, so I would say Larson's like number one honestly but I wanted to put upset there just because of what I, the reasons I did before but I do think that Larson's still the MVP of the league um, to Meg's point I just wanted to say upset because his story is also really great. Considering Got the like situation in which he found himself, he had to do a lot with not very much both from the team's lack of cohesion and the fact that all of the fans kind of thought he was going to be shit like yeah i think we can probably just say that when you're replacing reckless like everybody is just going to automatically assume that you will be worse and although i don't necessarily think he is better than reckless right now i definitely think he is living up to the precedent that was set for him yeah no he walked into a tough situation is uh, to say he's making the best of it would be an understatement and I think even the individual kind of trajectory of this season has said a lot about him uh, and that Fnatic roster as a whole. Um, but that's going to do it for us for now. Big thank you to Meg and Tyler, as always. Uh, nice to have just the three of us um, just talking about... It's nice. And Tyler's yeah. dog. Don't leave her out. And, oh, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. Arya with her uh, insights she, on why... She honestly, Reckless... she honestly, as soon as I picked her up, she wanted to leave. So it's great. <laughs> it is great. It's a fickle, so she's now at the door. <laughs> it's a fickle relationship when a dog acts like a cat. Yep. Um, <laughs> straight up yeah that's gonna do it for us a big thank you to y'all for listening uh please give us uh, a five-star rating on whatever wherever you can on uh, itunes spotify uh google play pocket cast and let's I go i hit all you of them, right yeah I you did, did. yes look at me go i'm gonna quit <laughs> while i'm ahead big thank you to megan tyler i've been henrique demore this has been episode 10 of the critical strike podcast brought to you by dot esports we'll see you right back here next week